0: Sadly, we're human, and that means we're concerned and judgmental about all sorts of things that nature has formed, and instead of just trusting nature, we're busy trying to alter it, and it takes work for us to be happy with our natural selves. Hi everyone, since this is the last Tuesday of the month, we're kicking back with an episode of Shrinks After Hours where Cindy and I talk more informally about issues that are on our minds. I'm psychologist, Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist, Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. Today, Cindy and I are gonna talk about a really common issue. So many people have a distorted sense of their appearance and unfortunately their value. In our jargon, we call it distorted self-perception, and it usually begins really early in life.
1: Sadly, even before we're able to talk or fully understand the world around us, people are giving us messages about how they feel about us, about our behavior, our appearance, and generally our place in their lives.
0: It's true. And as we grow, those messages continue and get more complex.
1: I mean, Some a lot are, of them are positive. I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say like sadly on everything, but sadly, the distorted part starts early.
0: <laughs> that's what I knew you meant, but I agree. Sometimes you get very positive messages from people and, and that's terrific. We don't need to talk about that here. <laughs> so as we grow, the messages continue. Some are direct, such as teachers telling you how smart you are, what a good reader you, or speaker you are, or how good at math you happen to be. And a lot of it is indirect like when you're chosen last for the team in gym class, or you get an instrumental solo at a band concert. So we're constantly getting messages and they can be both good and bad. They can be hurtful, they can be flattering, or they can just be confusing. And like so many other things,
1: they're all subjective. Mm -hmm. Beauty is subjective, but ideas of what is beautiful are so ingrained in us that we actually believe that certain aspects of skin or hair or bodies are better than others.
0: Better than, what a weird thought, but it's so automatic for us. Weird. I mean, that's a really good example of how prejudice gets started, obviously. All of this perception and judgment is so much for children to learn and to understand. It comes with being human. People are self-conscious. It's one of the things that separates us from other animals on the planet. Yeah, so we
1: get messages about what is pretty and what isn't, and we start to question our own bodies. Most of us have things we'd like to change about ourselves. It's important to work on being the best version of ourselves we can be, but looks don't have to be one of those things we change.
0: Right, I always think the healthiest, happiest version of ourselves is the goal, not a particular look.
1: And sometimes, a lot of times, the discomfort we feel with our bodies isn't even accurate in terms of how we actually look to others, like how they see us. In other words, our self-perception is distorted.
0: Yeah, I think that happens a lot more frequently than we would imagine. If your self-image is distorted, you may think you look shorter or larger or heavier than you are, or that the pimple near your nose stands out to everyone and overshadows your whole face. In other words, A distorted body image may have you experiencing aspects of your body in a negative and exaggerated way. Exactly. You
1: might think everyone notices things about you that stand out to you as flawed. Not only can a distorted self-image impact your physical appearance, but it can also affect how you view other aspects of yourself.
0: Yeah, and it generally makes people feel badly about themselves. Most people who have a distorted body image don't necessarily realize it because the distortions feel very real to the person experiencing them. You may see that extra weight first every time you look in the mirror. And so it might make sense to you that that's what everyone else sees when they look at you. Right,
1: if you're focused on your weight, you might feel everyone looking at you is focused on your weight too.
0: Exactly, being very critical of yourself, your body or the way that you look, that's often a sign that your self-image is distorted.
1: Now that's different from wanting to change something about yourself. You might have a mole that you'd like removed or some weight you'd like to lose or gain.
0: Right, but if that's all you think of when you look at yourself and you feel unattractive because of it and it makes you angry with yourself or ashamed, then you probably are distorting how you see yourself. Right, a big problem with distorted self-perceptions
1: is that they often come along with great shame, which is a shame. It's stressful
0: to go around feeling ashamed of our appearance, and it feels really bad. I know some people who hate getting weighed at the doctor's office so much that they won't look and they ask the doctor or the oh. nurse not to say the numbers because they don't want to know them. They don't want to know how much they weigh, or they don't want to look in the mirror. I mean, these things trigger intense shame in them, unfortunately.
1: Yes, weight and our society's seeming obsession with it is a whole other topic of discussion we should have. hmm The push has been on thinness and people feel a lot of shame around their weight, yet studies show that people who are overweight, that is what we call overweight, according to those medical health charts, actually live longer than people who are what we would consider underweight, normal weight, or obese.
0: Really, Cindy, that is just confusing. (laughs) But those charts were developed mostly on men, on white men. I don't know how useful they could be for the general population at all. Exactly. It stands to
1: reason that these charts should be based on something that makes sense, like longevity, rather than standards of health based on what?
0: Um, I don't know. White men. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of times, even talking to my own doctor, I don't always believe that the medical community actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to weight. They have distortions and preconceived notions about it, too.
1: True, Julie. Doctors have maintained for years that by maintaining a healthy weight, you lower your risk of developing serious health problems. Yet, the weight charts we've all been going by don't really reflect the weight we need to carry to live longer.
0: Well, you're right, Cindy, we need to do a whole episode on weight, no question.
1: (laughs) But in general, we're more than our bodies, our weight, our physical characteristics, our abilities, or disabilities. We all bring something to the world that's unique, A distorted body image has us spending way too much time on our diet, exercise, and shame.
0: Yes, and it takes a lot of time to change this kind of perception. You have to fight against years of messaging and a lot of criticism, both from others, but also internal. You know, we often become our own worst critics. We have to try to replace all those critical thoughts with some more positive ones even if they
1: seem small and not as significant at first. Everyone has good things about them. Parts of you that you might like, even a lot. (laughs) Highlight those instead of the parts you don't like.
0: Right, and I I think to do it, you have to make a really mindful effort to focus on what you like about yourself. You have to be making yourself think about it, but you should because it counteracts all those automatic critical thoughts that you know they have well-worn neural pathways. Yeah. And for those parts
1: that aren't horrible but aren't great either, look, we're just parts of nature, for heaven's sake. We're kind of random. Whether you think you have cute or ugly toes or nose or even average.
0: Yeah, humans are just weird. And there's no shame in that. (laughs) Be whatever you are. And somehow, um, I don't know, we all think we're supposed to be better. But really, it's only possible to be our individual best or at least Be satisfied with who we are, and that's all we should really be striving for. Yep. Our looks, our brains, our talents are supposed to
1: be better than others instead of just the best they can be, which is pretty great a lot of the time. Work on being the best person you can be. That's where you can bring the most to the table, regardless of your appearance or your ability to write poetry, play an instrument, or sing.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of people who just excel in different areas, and they're a model, For the rest of us, we can enjoy the products of their achievements, but it doesn't mean that if we try hard enough, we can or even should be like them. They can inspire us to be the best that we can be. It's not fair to compare ourselves to others. If you think about other animals or flowers or anything in nature, it doesn't make sense to compare them.
1: Yeah, they're all different, but just overall, they all look alike. Probably we do too, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It unfortunately takes work to come to see ourselves in a way that's not just a reflection of how others have seen us. We end up focusing so much more
0: on the negative. You know, Cindy, one of the things we've talked about since we began this podcast is the discomfort we first had in hearing the sound of our own voices when we were playing back or editing our recordings. A lot of people are surprised at what their voices sound like when they are outside of their own bodies, like on a recording. It's so
1: true. Our voices sound so different when we listen to a recording of them versus the way they sound when we talk. And there's actually a name for this. It's called voice confrontation.
0: Wow, there's a name for everything. (laughs) (laughs) The common explanation of the surprise we feel when we hear our own voices usually has to do with the difference between just hearing it from the outside versus when we talk or we hear it simultaneously from our mouth to our own ears But also conducted internally through our voice and hearing mechanisms so supposedly the air conduction transferred through our bones is in lower frequencies who knew all this
1: i know (laughs) and it means that our voice sounds very different than we think it does in our own head and we often don't like the sound of it when we hear it outside
0: just because it's different yeah There's, there's no reason to judge it really Some interesting studies offer evidence that our reaction to our own voice is often subjective and in some ways part of a distorted perception of ourselves. For example, when participants' own voices were mixed with samples of other recorded voices and they were asked to rate them, participants rated their own voices significantly higher when they didn't realize that it was their own voice. (laughs) That's interesting.
1: There were some earlier voice confrontation studies by Holzman and Rousey, that also concluded that our negative reactions to our voices often come from both a difference in what we expect, because our voices usually sound higher than we're used to hearing them, and the realization that our voice
0: gives away more emotional information than we think it does. Oh, I'm sure mine does. We may not always realize the extent to which our voices give away our level of anxiety, sadness, anger, or other emotions, that you know, we're often trying to conceal. And we believe we're doing a better job of it than is likely the case.
1: Yeah, we usually think we're in control of our voice. But when we hear it in a recording, it's like out of our control. We can't raise or lower the pitch when we hear it sounding a certain way. We can't stop those smacking sounds or any other weird noises we might not even realize we're making. Well, in our case, we can edit that out. Well, and we do. <laughs> These studies by the way, offer some evidence that it's not just the conduction issue of how we hear our voices or even the higher frequency that we just don't like, but it's also what our voices might give away about ourselves. We tell a lot about other people from their voices. And when ours are separated from us out there on their own, we judge ourselves. And of course, usually that's pretty critically.
0: Yeah, it's interesting stuff. I've had clients, if I've had a phone session, say to me, is everything okay, Julie? (laughs) Yeah. Did I say hello in a funny way? (laughs) So maybe they think they're hearing something or maybe they are hearing something. Maybe I'm burned out. I don't know. Anyway, our voice is such a deep part of ourselves. It's like, you can't separate your shadow from yourself and walk away from it. Well, you can't separate yourself from your voice. And of course, therefore it's an aspect that can lead to distorted self-perception. So yeah, we don't typically judge other people's voices unless there's something
1: that really stands out as unique about it. You know, some people have a kind of standout voice. Oh yeah. But we do judge our own regardless. And while there's a little bit of control we can exercise around what we sound like, a lot of our voice is just the natural conduction of air and the way our voice controls its coming and going.
0: And there's no reason to judge that. I don't even understand, you know, when you really try to step back and think about it, what's the basis for the judgment? But, you know, sadly, we're human. And that means we're concerned and judgmental about all sorts of things that nature has formed. And instead of just trusting nature, we're busy trying to alter it. And it takes work for us to be happy with our natural selves. But it's important not to carry so much shame and shame about ourselves and distortions, especially because we're really just Natural beings. We are humans. And of course, we should all be working on acceptance and loving ourselves. Thanks for listening today.
1: You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Until next time,
0: take care.